This episode is brought to you by Visit Atlantic City. Hello, everybody. This is Courtney Stanley, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dare to Interrupt, a listening experience where you have the opportunity to sit in on honest, unfiltered conversations with leaders who are considered to be the most influential, inspiring, and innovative women in the world of events, hospitality, business, and beyond. Throughout their careers, these leaders have dared to interrupt conversations, their own comfort zones, and sometimes even societal norms to hustle toward their greatest levels of success. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Here with us, we have Kate Walsh, VP Team Member Experience at Hello Destination Management. Kate, it's great to have you with us today. What is the most joyful thing happening in your life right now? Hello, Courtney. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. A little imposter syndrome, almost looking at the list of people you've had in the past. So it's an honor to be here. Joy is such a, a, an important word, right? Seek the joy is something that's um, lived in me and instilled uh, from my husband and his family. And so um, I think that can take a couple of paths. Professionally, um, we are about to launch our learning management system at Hello, which is um, kind of a, a larger umbrella where we are developing and growing all of our team members at the company. And it has been almost a year in the making and a big part of uh, why I chose to come to Hello uh, about a year ago now. And then personally, Joy, if I could, um, I'm heading back to my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio in less than a week for my 25th high school reunion. And certainly those years are filled with fond memories for me and no doubt it will be a joyful experience. So um, a lot to be thankful for, excited about, a lot of joy-filled moments to come. That's so fun. And will you will you bring your family with you for the reunion or are you going to fly solo? I'm going to fly solo. Woohoo! Yeah. How fun. <laughs> yeah. See a little Browns game, have some fun with my girls. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. That sounds like such a fun experience. And I would love to hear more about the meaningful work that you have been doing as the vice president of team member experience at Hello. Will you just share a little overview of some of the amazing changes that you've made since you came on board and, and what this means for the company moving forward? Absolutely. The, um, the, the vision statement at Hello is to be the undisputed industry leader and employer of choice. And about a year ago now, Paul Mears, who's the owner and founder of Hello, we sat down and had a really long conversation, actually one of many, and he wanted to truly live into that vision statement. And that meant not only striving to be the industry leader, but also how could we better the organization and truly become an employer of choice. And he knew that was going to take a big lift and it was going to mean someone really focused in on that. So over the last year, that's what we've done. Um, we've kind of refired up Hello University, which is a space where we inspire learn and grow uh, as a company, both internally and externally. It's about wellness, recognition, celebration, um, and really how we are impacting the environments of those that work with our organization and that work within our organization. So um, hopefully creating environments where they can thrive personally and professionally. Well, I have to say, I have to share with the audience that I had the opportunity to be one of the keynote speakers at the Hello University Summer Summit. And still to date, one of my favorite groups that I have ever had the opportunity to spend time with 
Like you guys know how to pick them. I will tell you that <laughs> the team at Hello is fun and smart and kind and creative. There, I just was blown away by the programming, but also by the people. The culture was fire, top notch, top yeah, notch. They, they make the difference. I think that's what you know. We're there's so many great things that are happening at Hello and and for the people there, but they make the difference. And they were a big driver for choosing to be at Hello for the second chapter in my career. I love that. I love that. Thanks for those kind remarks. Too. Of course. Well, they come from the heart. The hat back to you as one of our <laughs> keynotes and just an incredible message on leadership and the importance of empathy. And I think that's what we're trying to instill in, in our team members, that importance of we're all coming from many different walks of life and sometimes really difficult mornings or difficult chapters in life. And how can you be empathetic to those around you um, inside mm. and outside our four walls? And so it makes a difference. And um, I think that our team members really subscribe to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what an amazing experience it was. Wow. And uh, one of the words that you just said triggered my next question. You used the word mornings, like what people's mornings have been like, <laughs> where they're coming from. And I have to ask, I, I, so I heard that you wake up most days at 425 in the morning. What on earth, how, how is that even possible? Like what motivates you to do that? How do you do that most days and why? Um, great. I chuckle because of the 425. Like that's so yeah, weird. Yeah. Just go 415 or go 430. Yeah, 425. Um, yeah. 45, <laughs> uh, because it gets me an extra 10 minutes of sleep, but I still need the extra five minutes to get to where I'm going. Uh, I have had, I've been back in St. Louis now for about five years. And mm -hmm. upon coming to St. Louis, I um, was a part of the Orange Theory community and there's a 5 a.m. group there. And honestly, I go for that workout, but I also go for the uh, shared experiences that I have sitting in that lobby from 4.40 to 5 a.m. every day with women from all walks of life. Kind of our group of, of ladies there is about 15 strong and ranges at ages from mid-30s to mid-60s. And so um, all the things that we can share with one another about life lessons or where we are and what we're navigating personally or professionally is, is one of the biggest drivers for that 425 alarm clock that doesn't just get hit with a snooze and rolled over. And the second part is to set my baseline for the day. I am 100% a better person if I have kind of gotten that energy out and grounded myself. And that's my that's my moment. I'm a mother of two. So the minute I walk back through those doors, it is packing lunches, it's making breakfast, it's kind of that swirl of what needs to be signed and where are the folders. So I really treasure that those early morning hours to ground myself, have a connection with a group of incredible women and uh, move my body, right? And, and, and get energy built up for the day. Have you always <laughs> been a morning person? Like, has was it easy for you to set the alarm at that time, get up and go? Or was it something that you had to really train yourself to get used to and create a new habit? So, uh, Kurt, that's a good question. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I've never been a huge sleeper. I've always been like, I like to get seven to eight hours of sleep. And that's always been a big thing for me. Um, but I wasn't one of those people. I can't, I can count on one hand, the amount of times I napped in college, right? That wasn't, I just wasn't, that was at rest, wasn't something I'm actually working on being better at rest. Um, but my daughter, my oldest, Margot was an individual who loved to go to bed as a, as an infant and she would sleep well, but 4am the day would come, like she was ready mm. and she never really needed naps. And so she was ready to begin that day at 4am. And so for the first three years of her life, I was also beginning the day at 4am and driving 
45 minutes to the nearest Starbucks that might actually open at 4.30 and just kind of killing that time. And I thought to myself, one day this time will become mine again. And when it does, how will I choose to use it? Because my daughter kind of gave me the gift of breaking me into that 4 a.m. hour. And so um, how was I going to use it? And so this is my this is my outlet now. So I guess in the, at the end of the day, I can thank Margo. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, that's. I think that's actually really interesting that it started there and then you've just, it's become your normal now, day yes. to day. Tell us about your kids. I want to hear more. So Margot is your daughter and then you have another child as well. I do. Yes. I've got Ted. So they're 14 months apart. We've got fourth and fifth grade going strong into the school year swing and just two, um, two remarkable children. But on, on the Margot note, um, she's really kind of what has fueled my my next purpose and a lot of the work that um, I'm, I'm having the opportunity to do and partner with some really great people in the industry. She's a member of the neurodivergent community. She is a person that uh, with dyslexia. And so it's uh, opened our family's eyes to this different type of thinking and understanding of how um, uh, there's just such a beautiful variety of people out there that see the world very differently than a neurotraditional mind would. So um, it's been it's been quite the journey over the last few years once um, once we found that out. But um, the two of them are hands down the purpose of my of my existence and um, bring me to full circle back to your earlier question. They, they bring joy to me every single day and gray hair, but they're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, yes. <laughs> Pros and cons for sure. <laughs> I think that's absolutely sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's absolutely incredible that you have found this renewed purpose in the work that you do and and whether that's, you know, within the company that you work for or, you know, the influence that it has on your approach to how people come together and spend time together and also learn independently or in group settings. I know that you are doing some really cool things at IMAX and you're partnering with one of my favorite people and teams. Can you tell us a little bit more? Because we're we're definitely going to be sharing this conversation before we get to Vegas for IMAX America. And there's some pretty cool stuff that's happening on the show floor with you and your team. So I'd love for you to just tell us what to expect or what to get excited about. IMAX. What the, what's there not to get excited about? <laughs> uh, so yes, to, to your point, uh, we are working um, on something special for IMAX in collaboration with both Google Experience Institute, Google XI, um, Storycraft Lab, and Lori Weitzner. Um, and Lori has a philosophy around ode to color. So what we're doing at IMAX is I'm kind of saying it's it's no, it's no longer the hello booth, it's the hello color world. Mm-hmm. And um, Lori has spent many years of her life perfecting and researching the influence of all five senses and created these 10 different color worlds, and each of them have their own scent, their own sound, their own textures, their own colors, and their own words. And what happens when you immerse yourself into these different worlds, they, they kind of, they can sometimes balance you, they can ignite you, uh, they can do a variety of things. And so we thought that really, that really complements nicely what we do. We're creating at Hello, we're creating environments for guests to be a part of, but in creating those environments, like we do in the event space as a whole, 
we're often thinking kind of about one focus or maybe just about our messaging or just about the traditional attendee type. So how can we lean into all five senses to foster that sense of belonging and trust in the, the areas that we're creating? Because we want to be seen as an innovative and inclusive leader in, uh, in, in the world and in the spaces that we uh, get to play in. And I say play because that's, that's what it is. We're creating a multi-sensory museum-like exhibition within our booth that will also connect back to Google XI and all of the incredible work incredible work that Megan Henshaw and team have been doing in that space. So we're one of five or six um, partners to XI that will have a connective tissue, as they say, across the, the floor to really open people's eyes to having events be a more, um, uh, really a spot for everyone. Uh, they're democratizing the, um, the space. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love that so much. And I had the opportunity to hear Lori speak and also understand and really expose myself to the work that she's been doing with Ode to Color. For the audience, if you could try to describe what that is, like what are some of the colors? What does it mean when you take Lori's assessment to identify your color worlds? Like what what does that mean and what is she trying to share through her work? Perfect. So I think I think the best way to describe that is um, there's 10 different color worlds. Um, she has built a, a quiz that you can take on her website and it helps you. And there's a series of questions, takes about 10 minutes. And then you are then identified with one or up to three different color worlds. And those are the worlds that um, if you need to feel grounded, right, there's, there's specific worlds that you can live in for that. If you need the energy, there's another world for that. So, I'll kind of walk you through the IMAX experience. If you were to approach the Hello Booth, the Hello Booth is one of those color worlds, the color world that is called Out Loud. It is bright. You can't miss it. Um, our creative uh, creative director, Cameron Russ, would say it is a, a pleasant eyesore. We're going to stand out, and that's by intention. We want to live into this color world that really represents our, our brand, which is energy, go bold, taking risks, and impact. But then we want to make sure that everyone has the experience to see these other color worlds. So on our back wall, we'll have this museum-like experience where the 10 worlds will be set up in its textures, its fabrics, its um, the sound that you can hear, the sense that you can experience. And from there, you can have a color reading with Lori. So perhaps you've taken your color world quiz before you got to IMAX or sitting there in our booth. And then we're going to take it to that next level. You can merge yourself into the world and then have one-on-one -on -one direct access with Lori Weitzer, who leads the, the, whole, the whole philosophy behind these beautiful color worlds. And then even a step further over at the XI booth, if you head over there, they'll have miniature color worlds, as well as a whole showcase of, of, of incredible speakers on this topic and many others. Mm -hmm. I want to get into how we apply this to business and to meetings in a second, but I want to, before we go there, I want to say, I, so in taking this quiz a few months ago, I found it to be such a deeply personal experience and a very internal experience where, so my top result, my number one color world was out loud, which is why I'm especially excited to see it in action at IMAX. And it was just so fascinating, really applying the, the purpose of her work being that 
these color worlds are meant to identify different elements or energies that we should be leaning into or that we need more of in our current life chapter. And I just found it so fascinating because it it really did apply to this current life chapter where I do, I think I need to be living more boldly and unapologetically and amplified. And I just thought that was really fascinating. And without, you know, people knowing my personal journey and story, it may not mean as much, but that internal realization that you have when you receive that color world and realize how applicable and aligned it is was just really mind blowing. And I, of course, you know, sent it her quiz to my friends and sent it to my family. And I remember one of my sisters taking it and her results were very different from mine. And upon looking at what she got for hers, it was so clear to me that she had also received really necessary color worlds to help her adjust her environment to the energy she needed to be leaning into and also absorbing. So just really fascinating. And Kate, were you out loud too? What were, what were your results? Yeah. I was, so, uh, out loud and whisper was another one. Whisper. So, and that's really, that's, that's the incredible thing. They're almost, Laura would say that nothing's conflicting, right? Yeah. Have, that's natural that what we have going on, our, on in our uh, on our life influences how this quiz comes out. So it could fluctuate over, over the years or even over the months, depending upon what you're working through, because it speaks to our senses on that emotional level. And it brings up the, the moods and the memories. And really, it speaks to who you are and what you're going through as a person. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and, and where we're connecting that back to the event space. So that's your personal journey. And that's a lot of what's happening over at the Google XI space with Lori, but in the hello space, it's how is that corresponding to events and how, how can we connect these two places? And if you're finding that optimal color world, it could be, again, that combination of worlds for your event environment you can really have that positive impact on your experience, um, which I think leaves guests with that lasting and memorable call to action. For example, if you're doing a product launch, out loud is the right move, right? You want people to be bold. You want them taking risks. You want to get that incredible product out to market and have a lot of energy around it. Conversely, if you've just gone through a lot of mergers or perhaps um, even more sadly, a lot of layoffs, restructures, that's not going to be the right world. So if that's your message on main stage and you're bringing people into a welcome reception that is bright and exciting, yet you've just had all of this other messaging, how can you have your event space complement the content and the messaging that's happening at your event? So if it was more on that kind of the, this, the, that more toned down aspect, thinking about at ease, how can we get people recharged, feeling safe, like they're in a space that they can feel um, themselves or, um, more baseline, right? So we're looking at all of the different color worlds and um, pairing them with event images, but also recommended event um, experiences that you're looking to have your attendees walk away with. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And just out of curiosity, the other five or six booths that are going to be partnering on this experience at IMAX, will each booth be adopting a different color world or is that something that just hello is going to be doing at their booth? Uh, so 
this that's specific to so ode to color and the color booth is specific to hello and okay. xi uh, but the xi community reached out to a variety of their community members um, on an invite basis only to have them partner in other ways and other okay. places to demonstrate to the imax community how we are looking at truly democratizing the experience of events. And so um, some will have those activations with, right within their booth. Some have sponsored other spaces that will sit on the floor, uh, but it's an incredible lineup of, of organizations from, from Marriott to Hilton and Merritt's, right? There's, there's big players in our event space and um, all of them have stepped forward to be a leader here and, and, um, and do this right for all the different people that we can attract to events. Mm, that's so cool. And there's so much potential for you to really apply these concepts and these philosophies and in creating environments that meet the needs of the audience in planning events and meetings. I just think, I think it's, I think it's a really, really fantastic concept. I'm curious to just shift gears a little bit and talk more about uh, the work that you're doing with Google XI and just your own personal connection to ensuring that everybody feels like they are not only welcome and included, but that their needs are being met in whatever you know unique circumstances they require. What do you think our industry could be doing better or differently in general to help make this experience a better experience for all? Sure. I'll, I'll kind of speak to what personally is, has lit my fire in the space and opened my eyes. I mentioned my daughter, Margaret, who is a person with dyslexia. And I thought about her sitting through a general session where it was just text and copy. Um, and it's up there in a space that she has to process against a big screen. They do much better with the, with the, the tangible or having it there personally to them, but more so even with just with the images. So I think just from a decoding perspective and the amount of things that we put up in breakout sessions and in general sessions, how can we better design those presentations? And actually I'll give you a nod to you, right? Like within your presentations, Courtney, in your, in your general sessions and your, your keynotes, it's very visual. It's mm-hmm. mostly images. It might be one word here and there, but there's textures associated with those images too. That is what will help people decode and better comprehend the message that they're hearing on main stage. And I think that that's, that's one example. I think um, how we allow people to prepare for the trip that they're taking, what is the experience going to be from the minute they get off that plane and move through, say, LaGuardia Airport and make their way to the Marriott and Times Square and how many doors are there and what does the check-in look like? Sometimes for a lot of individuals in the neurodiverse community, for them to really understand what that experience is going to be allows them to jump in that much faster into the into whatever that meeting is or the the new environment is. But um, just helping people with regulation whenever possible, understanding how they're processing information, how much time they need to get comfortable, how often they need to have a bit of downtime to recharge. Not all of us are built for 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. or we are, but not in that traditional thinking way where you hit the show floor at seven and you're at a dinner till 11 o'clock at night. So where without having to venture back to your own personal space of a hotel room, how are we creating those environments of, um, you know, for, for, for that resetting the bar, so to speak, to happen. So um, I think there's so many great ways. And I think IMAX 
in partnership with Google XI are going to demonstrate a lot of those spaces or a variety of those spaces and those offerings to um, really enhance an environment for all to feel like they have a place um, that they can go and then keep going throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but I do feel like there is a bit of a missed opportunity at the beginning of the event planning phase where we're gathering information from our audience and each attendee in the registration process. I feel like we've we've gotten pretty good at asking about, you know, dietary needs and restrictions and, you know, maybe some visually uh you know, we're able to see that people may have a different physical ability or something like that. But in terms of, you know, the things that we can't necessarily see on the surface, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I've seen a lot of registration forms for conferences really asking more questions to help understand what the needs of their attendees will be. What have you seen? So I, I'll kind of even go back further on that question. I think part of the reason that sometimes the question isn't asked is because people aren't really sure how to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think two, <clears throat> one in four people is you know, a, a member of the neuro, neurodivergent community. And, um, but the statistics would show that many are not talking about it. They're not talking about it at their workplace. They're certainly not going to talk about it on a form that they're filling out. So it's more so how are we going to normalize spaces instead of having to call them out to have to identify it? And we should be designing with them instead of for them. And instead of you know kind of having you have to highlight it, and then perhaps we'll think about designing that way. It's more like making that the norm in the mm. spaces that we're designing and in the you know the the programming that we're having at events. So I kind of look at it a little bit um, a little bit differently than maybe it's like the, the dietary space. But even then, right, like 12 years ago, if you had said, are you gluten-free? First of all, a lot of people would have said, I'm not 100% sure where, where's the gluten. But also they wouldn't have because it was like, ah, it's like a thing. I don't eat it. And now that it is, it's been normalized. So I think as we continue to normalize the discussion in a variety of other ways, we will get there too. And we'll always just have, we'll always have something more to do, which is exciting, I think, about this work. But it's for me, it's more about getting to, we need to get to a space where it's more normalized um, instead of like a special consideration or um, something extra that we're doing. I love that. I love that perspective. And I think that that's, I think that's such a great way to lead and really create a space that is serving the people that are are going to be there. Do you think that it's possible to meet every need by design without having information from attendees on what they what they may actually need? Well, so two parts to that. One, yeah, we need more and more data and what you'll see in a big big lift by um, Google XI and the partner Zenith and how they're collecting all of this data from the different activations that are happening at IMAX will certainly inform a great deal of the work going forward. So I think we you have to keep asking, you have to keep having the conversations. Um, it's just how, how we're having them and what those look like. But that also made me think about how you know, how we, there was another part there and I'm now, now it's escaping me, but there was another <laughs> part there. Uh, when we think about the, I guess it's more of the environment. It's like, we can't, we can't solve for everything. That's, mm-hmm. that's nearly impossible. It's, but how are we creating the environments to positively impact as many people as we can? And so that's just, 
we're, we just have to keep involving, evolving those spaces. And one by one, we'll be making that difference. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there's that starfish story, right? The little boy's on the beach and he's picking up a starfish and he's trying to get them all back into the water because they're stranded. And the, the old man walks by and says, you'll never save them all. He's like, you're right. I probably won't save them all. But as long as I save at least one, I've made a difference. And I've made a difference in that particular one's life in the ocean. So I kind of think about it like that, right? Like it's just, we've got to just keep picking them up and putting yeah. people back in the ocean and, and creating those, those spaces where um, people can thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No impact is too small. That's for sure. Yeah. Definitely. If you, if you could offer, so I actually, even as a speaker, I'm like, wow, this is really good information to have, you know, thinking about your daughter sitting in the audience and what my slides look like. Are there any other, cause that's a pretty quick and easy change for me to adjust as a speaker. Are there any other things that you feel like are some of those like quick and easy adjustments that planners might not have thought of that would be really easy and, you know, does not a lot of cost for them to just make simple changes in order to make it a more inclusive environment. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's like, like go down the list. Um, I think I, I'll go back to even how Marriott I mentioned already is working with XI because they are potentially piloting rooms specifically to individuals that have autism. And mm-hmm. so those rooms and those feels and those are very, very different than a neurotraditional thinker. And so looking for the brands that have this in mind when they're creating ideas or responding to RFPs and seeking that out the same way we seek out partners that are elevating the bar from a sustainability standpoint, be it social, environmental, um, DEIB, right? Like we can seek out the organizations that are choosing to be leaders in the space and then look to them to help guide you through that process, especially when it's something that's new to a lot of individuals. So um, I would say, number one, partner with the correct people um, that are, are willing to help guide you and teach you these in these spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so great to hear about some of those even you know bigger partners like Marriott. That's huge. That's a huge partner that's going to be working on creating these spaces. So I'm very excited. To, well, first and foremost, I'm very excited to swing by the Hello booth and also Google XI and check out all the partner booths as well to see what these different experiences and learning opportunities will be. But I'm also excited to see the ripple effect of change after this particular show and, you know, what people really learn and take away that they're able to apply to the way they design their own experiences for their own audiences. I'd love to, I'd love to ask you one final question from, for our conversation today. And really that is just, I know we've talked a lot about what's going to be happening at IMAX and just these really cool, cutting edge, innovative practices that Hello is working on and your partners are working on. Is there anything that you would like to leave our audience thinking about today that they can maybe start to you know, do a little bit of homework on or even prepare for IMAX in a way or just think differently about? So many ways to go with that one for me. <laughs> uh, so first I'll say I'm I'm also excited for IMAX and I will plug the opportunity to come to the Hello booth in the XI space every day, all day. Um, learn about your color world, learn about the journey, grab your color buttons, be branded um, and spread the word. Uh, but if, if you were to, if I was to leave you with some parting thoughts is that um, you just, I've always been a big, leave it better than you found it. And if that just means asking a question that 
that could be simply it. That could be you leaving something better than you thought it because you're getting curious. So be curious, know that there's a lot of forgiveness in this and many other areas more than I think people believe there to be. And um, we want to help people understand. We want to make, um, we want to make spaces better. We want to make environments that are, um, are magic for everyone. I love that. I think those are great parting words and thank you so much, Kate, for sharing your insight and for what's coming up at IMAX America. I'm so excited. And of course, audience, thank you all for listening. Be sure that you stop by Hello's booth if you are going to be in Vegas. And of course, make sure that you share what you learned from this episode with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by following at Meetings Today and at Courtney on Stage. And be sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to Dare to Interrupt on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. Be present, leave things better than you found them, and keep daring to interrupt, my friends. Until next time.